on the show today. The Bitcoin scammer who compromised Twitter accounts is sentenced to prison. Schools in Buffalo, New York were shut down for close to a week following a ransomware attack. A daycare monitoring service was forced to shut down after its systems were compromised. Our scam of the day teaches you how to recognize unemployment fraud. And today's tip gives you seven reasons you should back up your computer. All of that and more is coming up on the March 31st, 2021 edition of Cybersecurity Made Personal. Helping you stay safe in a connected world. This is Cybersecurity Made Personal. Hello and welcome to the Cybersecurity Made Personal Podcast, the safest podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Jim Herman. I have four stories on the newsbeat for you today. We begin in Florida, where the mastermind of last July's Twitter hack has reached a plea agreement that will see him sentenced to three years in prison. Last July, numerous verified accounts began tweeting out messages that claimed they would double any Bitcoin sent to the address that was listed. The cybercriminals had managed to access these accounts by tricking some Twitter staff into entering their credentials into a phishing site, which then gave the criminals access to internal Twitter tools. Among those tools was the ability to change an account's email address, which then allowed them to use a password reset email to access the account. Victims were tricked into sending what was approximately $120,000 of Bitcoin at the time, which, as the criminal complaint points out, was never doubled or returned to the victims. While two of his cohorts were adults, the mastermind of the plan was a juvenile at the time. According to the agreement, he will spend a total of three years behind bars and a further three years on probation, with an additional 10 years of prison possible if he violates his probation. And as we move up the East Coast, the school system in Buffalo, New York, was forced to close last week following a ransomware attack. This attack comes as the district was planning to welcome back another 5,000 students as part of its next phase of reopening. Instead, the attack left all of the district's 30,000 students at home without in-person or virtual instruction. The district resumed operations about a week after it was forced to shut down, but the district said that although its educational systems were functioning well, it still had a lot of work to do on its business systems. Buffalo is just the latest in a long line of school systems that have been hit by ransomware recently. The superintendent noted 1,000 cyber attacks on schools in the last five years, meaning Buffalo has plenty of company on the list of compromised districts. Moving across the pond, Nursery Cam, 
a provider of daycare webcam services in the UK, was forced to temporarily suspend its service after its systems were compromised by a security researcher. Reports indicate that personal information for approximately 12,000 users was available to the researcher due to a, quote, loophole in the system. The person who accessed the data then contacted NurseryCam to report the incident. The company does not believe that anyone else exploited this loophole. However, this is yet another example of the concerns about the security of devices in sensitive places, such as daycares. While giving parents an eye into their kids is not a bad concept, daycare centers and parents must trust that these devices are secure and that any security problems will be handled quickly. Unfortunately, this is not always the case with these devices. Too many companies produce devices without considering security, and some even have no way to get software updates to the devices after they've been released. If security on the Internet of Things is ever going to change, this is one area where it will definitely have to improve. And finally, Apple released a critical security update for iOS and watchOS, which patches a vulnerability that could allow third parties to execute scripts in your web browser. Apple reports that it is aware of at least one case where this was being exploited. So if you have an iPhone, iPad, or Apple Watch, download and install the update as soon as possible. And now we move on to the scam of the day. This season, I want to evolve this segment beyond just reading some of the scam emails that reach my inbox. While many of them are amusing, and some are even downright hilarious, I also felt that towards the end of last season, some of them started to sound a bit repetitive. So in this new season, this segment is going to evolve to cover a variety of different scams that you may encounter. We'll still have the occasional scam email when I find an amusing one, but we'll also cover other types of scams, such as today's topic, unemployment scams. Defrauding the unemployment system isn't something new, but the number of people that found themselves suddenly unemployed last year created a perfect storm for the scammers. State unemployment systems found themselves unprepared for the sudden increase in the number of people looking to file for benefits. I know of many people who waited months for the unemployment assistance to start rolling in. Last June, the FBI released a bulletin warning about a rise in unemployment fraud and the problem has continued even into this year. It certainly could have a negative impact on you. If someone files a fraudulent claim and then you lose your job, your legitimate claim will be stopped. You can request a review and eventually get your benefits restored, but it could take months to get it all straightened out. As if losing your job wasn't difficult enough, you now have to deal with proving fraud to the government and you'll be without money that you were counting on to pay your bills. 
Here are a few of the signs the FBI lists that may indicate you're the victim of unemployment fraud. 1. Receiving communication about unemployment benefits when you haven't filed. 2. Unauthorized banking transactions related to unemployment benefits. 3. A denial of benefits because benefits have already been filed. 4. Receiving an IRS Form 1099-G showing that you received benefits. And 5. Communication from your employer that someone filed a claim for benefits in your name. If you notice any of these signs, contact your state unemployment agency, law enforcement, and your employer's Human Resources Office immediately. You may also want to put a fraud alert on your credit report, since the criminals may have used your identity for more than just unemployment fraud. If you'd like to read the full release from the FBI, it will be linked in the show notes at cybersecuritymadepersonal.com slash episode 51. And if you have a scam you think we'd like to talk about on the show, you can email us at scam at cybersecuritymadepersonal.com. And now it's time for the Cybersecurity Pop Quiz. Each week on the show, we ask you a question in the field of online security or privacy, and it's your job to figure out the right answer. Today's question is a multiple answer question, so any combination of these answers could be correct. The question is, which of the following are signs that you could be facing a social engineering attack by email. A. The email makes a sudden change to your normal procedures. B. The email has an attachment that automatically downloads and installs on your computer. C. The email asks you to reply with personal information. Or D. The email expresses that you must act now to avoid deletion of your account. The answer will be revealed in next week's episode. But if you want to know it right away, you can go to cybersecuritymadepersonal.com slash popquiz to submit your guess and find out if you're right. Plus, if you submit your guess on the website, regardless of whether you're right or wrong, you'll be entered to win a $25 Amazon gift card when we conclude Season 3 in August. But your guess to this question must be submitted before the next episode airs on Monday, April 5th. For official rules, visit cybersecuritymadepersonal.com slash quizrules. You've probably heard people say that you should be backing up your important files. Yet, if you're like most people, you probably don't do a very good job of following that advice. I'll give you seven reasons why you should back up your computer when we come back from this short break. Hi, it's Jim. If you're enjoying the show, We'd love it if you could follow us in your favorite podcast player. That will ensure you never miss an episode. And while you're there, 
We'd also appreciate it if you could rate the show and give us a review. We'd love to hear what your thoughts are. And finally, the best review that someone can give us is to tell their friends about the show. Invite them to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or send them to our website, cybersecuritymadepersonal.com, where they can find links to the show in all the major podcast players. Thanks for your support, and now back to the show. Today is World Backup Day, and in case you're curious about how you should celebrate, the website for World Backup Day prominently states, Don't be an April Fool, back up your files on March 31st. As I mentioned before the break, you've probably heard people say that you should back up your files regularly. You've probably also heard many different ways that you can back up your files. In fact, in episode 23 of this podcast, we covered backing up your data in depth, and we've also mentioned backups as part of many other episodes. Backing up your files is a critical part of security. Most people think of cybersecurity as keeping your information away from others. But another important part of security is keeping your files available to you. But there are many things that can threaten the security of your private data. So here are seven reasons why you should keep backup copies of your files. First, you should back up your files because you could accidentally delete a file that you need. I've made this mistake many times, deleting files or even an entire folder that I thought I would never need again, only to later realize that I did need one of those files. I've also formatted a drive, wiping the whole thing, thinking there was nothing there that I needed, only to later realize that I did need some files on that drive. If you delete a file you need, it may be recoverable. You probably know that most of your deleted files go to the recycle bin or the trash can first. But even if you've emptied it from there, the file still isn't actually gone. Deleting the file doesn't remove the data from your drive. Only two things happen when you delete a file. First, the instructions that tell the system where that file is located are deleted. And second, the sections of the drive that store your data are marked as available. If the very last thing your computer did was to delete that important file, it is still left on your computer. However, the process for finding and recovering that file is complicated, and it will likely cost you some money. If you want to try to do it yourself, you're going to need to get recovery software and an external drive. You need the external drive so you don't accidentally write over the data you need as you install the software and begin recovering the data. And if you don't want to do it yourself, you'll have to pay a computer shop to do it for you, and many of them charge an exorbitant price in order to do data recovery. But if you have backups of your important files, 
You won't be worried if you accidentally delete a file, and you won't have to pay anything more in order to get it back. You just have to access your storage or restore your backup, and you'll be able to find that file. However, accidentally deleting a file isn't the only reason you need to back them up. You also need to back up your data so you don't lose it if it gets corrupted. File corruption is pretty rare anymore. Our devices have gotten better and better at checking to ensure that the data remains accurate. However, there are still plenty of ways that the data in the file could be corrupted. For example, if you open a file from a flash drive or a removable disk, and then you remove that drive before the file has completely saved, you may attempt to open the file the next time, only to find that not all of the file is there. In the best case scenario, it could mean that you lost a little bit of your work, but in some cases, it could corrupt the entire file structure, resulting in a file that won't even open, which of course means that more of your work has been lost. But don't think that file corruption only comes from something that you do. If your computer is exposed to a magnetic charge, an electrical surge, or other types of natural phenomena, it could also corrupt some of your data, or in an extreme case, destroy your hard drive altogether. And that brings us to the third reason you need to have backups of your data. Backups mean that you'll have an extra copy of your files in the event that your hard drive fails. Yes, hard drives do sometimes fail. Due to the number of mechanical parts, the older spinning drives fail much more often than the newer solid-state drives. However, even solid-state drives can have issues, and they also have other electronic components as part of the drive that could fail and render the drive inoperable. If just about any other piece of your computer fails, recovering the files from that device is relatively cheap and a simple process. But if your hard drive fails and you must have the files on that drive, you'll have to send it off to a company that specializes in data recovery. Depending on how difficult that process is, you could end up paying a substantial amount of money to get your files back. If you have a backup copy of your files, you won't have to worry about a failed hard drive. You can replace the drive and restore the files from the backup without needing to spend any extra money on recovering files. However, what happens if your drive doesn't fail, but the files are just inaccessible? That's the end result if you're faced with our fourth reason why you should back up your files, ransomware. Your hard drive isn't bad in this case, but the files just can't be read unless you purchase the encryption key. But if you have a backup of your files, your biggest worry isn't going to be whether or not you should pay the ransom. If you can't remove the ransomware and decrypt the files, you can just wipe everything on the hard drive, reinstall the operating system in your programs, and then move your files over from the backup copy. And a backup will help with more than just ransomware as well. 
Sometimes with an infected computer, the best course of action is to just do a clean installation of the operating system. As someone who did support for personal computers, it is always reassuring when I knew that I could take that course of action and the person had backups of everything they needed. But malware isn't the only thing that could harm your computer. Your computer could also be harmed from an unlikely source, electricity. Yes, I know, your computer needs electricity in order to run, but it can get too much of a good thing. If your computer gets power at too high of a voltage, it could fry everything inside of it, including your hard drive. I've never had this happen to my computer, fortunately, but as a child, this actually happened to the microwave in my house. My mom was standing right next to it, and she heard a pop which she thought sounded like a gunshot. As she would find out later, a high-voltage electrical line fell on top of a lower-voltage line near our house, and before the protection in our house could kick in, the power surge had fried our microwave. I definitely recommend plugging your computer into a surge protector in order to help protect against power surges. But a surge protector only provides a limited amount of protection. Each surge protector is rated for a certain number of joules of energy, and if the power surge exceeds that amount, your computer will still be unprotected. And there's little that can be done to protect your computer if lightning hits the power lines. In that case, your computer and everything on it may very well be done. And beyond a power surge, other disasters could also harm your computer. Probably the dirtiest job that I did in my time doing computer support was to try to recover files from a computer that had gone through a house fire. It took quite a while just to clean all of the soot out of the computer. While the computer itself was no longer working, the hard drive was still functional, so I was able to recover files for the family. But the possibility of a disaster striking is always present. Whether it's a house fire, a power surge, a tornado, a hurricane, or a variety of other possible sources, there is always the chance that a disaster could strike. Back up your files so you don't take the risk of losing critical data or family pictures and videos in the event of a disaster. And while natural disasters are bad enough, the sixth reason to back up your computer is a man-made disaster, leaving it somewhere where it could be stolen. If your computer or your mobile device is stolen, the best thing you can do to protect your data is send a remote wipe. That way, the next time the device connects to the internet, it gets that remote wipe signal and all of your files will be deleted, hopefully protecting them from being compromised by others. However, you may hesitate to send that signal if you don't have a backup of the data on the device especially if you don't know for sure but you just think that the device may have been stolen. But if the device's content is backed up, 
You can send the signal, and if you later realize the device was misplaced, you can just restore the data from your backup. And finally, the seventh reason you should back up your computer is because eventually you're going to buy a new one. While backups aren't essential to transfer your files from your old computer to a new one, they do make the process much easier. It will take much less time and you can get to using your new computer much faster if you can just restore from a backup. So if you're doing regular backups of your devices, good for you. You're probably in the minority on that. And if you're not backing up your files, hopefully this episode has convinced you to get started. And what better day to start than World Backup Day? So that's it for today's show. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back again next Monday to discuss five web browser extensions that can improve your security. So until next time, stay safe. Thanks again for joining us for the Cybersecurity Made Personal podcast. Check out the show notes page linked in the description for links to the articles mentioned, more information about today's tip, and a transcription of this episode. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you would consider visiting our welcome page at cybersecuritymadepersonal.com welcome. There, you can find more information about the show and links to some of our most popular episodes. Cybersecurity Made Personal is provided for educational purposes only. Don't take any action on your computer unless you fully understand what you are doing and the possible consequences. Visit cybersecuritymadepersonal.com slash disclaimer for more information. Cybersecurity Made Personal is a production of Personal Cybersecurity, LLC. I'm Jim Herman. Thanks for listening and stay safe.